Hey everybody, it is Dave and Jeff. It is January 18th, 2021, and a very unusual show. Yeah, to say the least, Dave. Hey everybody, uh, we did have a show last week, and we will get into that as to why. And for tonight's show and for Wednesday night's show, uh, I'll be on the phone, and that is because we've tested positive for COVID. <laughs> and... Uh, holy, I mean, I'm sure, Dave, people think we're joking or no, anything else. No, and, and I don't I mean not. to laugh. It just sounds, you and I, honestly, Jeff, have been so careful, and I know so many other people yes. have too, and and it's not a laughing matter, but just to hear you say it is so crazy to me because we've been so proactive telling everybody, wear the mask, do the right things, try not to go out if you didn't have to go out. Yeah, and, and that's, Dave, exactly what I have done, um, and we'll kind of walk people through the timeline a little bit, just so they know what's going on. And Hey, it's not a joke. I mean, no. and, and, um, and, uh, so I'm actually quarantining right now. Um, I'm following all the directions. I'm incredibly lucky, um, that any symptoms I had were incredibly minor, but I don't want to take any chances of impacting anybody else. So I'm in full quarantine until Saturday. Um, I had not had any kind of symptoms, but when, we found out that you guys had been impacted by it. I went and got tested, and I found out last Wednesday uh, that I had tested positive. So immediately at that point, I notified anybody who had been in contact with me. I'm incredibly thankful to say Jack, Cade, their mom, uh, family members, people from my work have all tested negative. But I did come back with a positive test last Wednesday, and uh, and that's why I'm currently quarantining, not there in the garage, not doing anything where I would be out and about and uh, and doing anything and just trying to do the right thing, Dave. But talking to friends that have been impacted by it and have really, really suffered, I consider myself incredibly lucky that it's been as minor as it has. So I apologize that we have to be on the phone uh, tonight and Wednesday night, but um, but I, I want to be careful for everybody and do the right thing. Yeah, it is. It's the right thing to do. At the same time, yeah, I I told you in our, I think it was our last show, that I went to just go get some medicine for asthma because I felt like this is the time of the year I always get sick and um, I just yeah. went to, to get an antibiotic and they said, why you're here? Do you want to be tested? I said, yeah, why not? And and I was shocked that I came back positive. Well, a couple days later, boom, Josh, he tests positive. Five days later, Rita tests positive. And then, you know, as, as you said, I, I'm sitting there wondering, okay, well, how is it going to affect me? I'll be honest with you. Being an asthmatic, I thought if I ever got COVID, I had no chance. Just I already have enough lung yeah. issues as it is. And I have, uh, I have two nephews. I've talked about it on the show that are very active and being, you know, frontline uh, doctors, one at UCLA and one at Johns Hopkins. And this is, mm -hmm. where you, this is where you say I used to smoke pot with Johnny Hopkins. Um, and, and, yeah. and I asked him, I said, okay, what, what am I going to expect? And he, you know, is going through the whole process with me. And one thing he said was, we've been very successful with asthma patients. And he goes, you'll know mm -hmm. by day seven, if you're going up or if you're going down. And just like Jeff, I've been extremely lucky. So as Josh and my wife, I think out of the three of us has it the the worst, but we recovered pretty quickly as far as not showing symptoms today. For some reason, as I start talking, I feel like I have a slight cough, but I feel good. I don't have what what I was obviously concerned about with major lung issues. Um, and, and to not make light, Rita and I were talking about this yesterday. No. We, we counted out yesterday. We have 
10 friends who have lost parents over COVID. Yeah. And um, so, no, not a joke at all. To hear you say it out loud was like so shocking, even though I have been going through it and you're going through it. My family's going through it. And it was surprising because the last thing I want to think of is that I gave it to Jeff and put his family at risk. But at the same time, I wasn't around anyone that got it. Like none of my kids that I've coached, none of my coaches that I coach were the only time I was leaving the house. Josh, none of his friends got it. None of my wife's friends got it. And it's very strange. And then just Jeff, nobody Jeff knows has it. So I, I, it, it, it got us and don't know how, but at the same time, extremely scary. And I, just like Jeff, I consider myself extremely lucky and my family extremely lucky that we have uh, been able to go through this quarantine. Yeah, one good thing too, Dave, um, having been in contact with everybody, I'm happy to say that a lot of people loved the Julie Brownman and Katie Temple show, and those guys were in the garage. Um, both of them have tested negative, um, so we're good there. So, yeah, we're just we're riding it out. But I, I've talked to one buddy of mine, longtime buddy of mine, and it shook him and his family for probably five weeks. Yeah. And then earlier today, I had a situation where I talked to a friend that had been on social media and we were, we were kind of having some fun on social media. And I gave this friend of ours a call just to check in. And he was, he sounded awful. And here are a couple things that I would say for anybody. I would say, take it very seriously. Uh, you don't need to hear that from us, but I, I just, because I live my life a little paranoid with a little bit of a fear factor. I potentially would not have gone to get a test. Um, I didn't have any kind of symptoms and I'm so thankful that I did because the idea that it could have bounced from me to somebody and really had them impacted would have been a guilt that I, I just yeah. wasn't ready to take. But the other thing is if you're having any kind of concerns, if you're having any kind of symptoms, if you're not feeling well, the county has a phone line, 211, and 211 was so incredibly helpful for me. And every day my temperature is taken. I check in with a nurse and a doctor. Uh, my temperature continues to maintain. I've had no symptoms, and I will quarantine uh, throughout the weekend. But they check me. They monitor me on a regular basis, and I'm happy to say that I, I don't have any symptoms, and I'm, I'm trending in the right direction. Um, temperature every day is, you know, it, David's funny. It's 97.3. It's 98.1. I'm like, I feel like it's every radio station <laughs> that I've worked at. Um, and then I have a temperature thing, uh, an electric thermometer here that every now and then I click over to Celsius and it scares the shit out of me because <laughs> it comes back at 36.3 and the nurse, uh, the nurse thinks I'm freezing. Uh, but we have a good laugh, but, uh, just, Two one one. If you or a, or a friend or a family member, this friend of ours today, my goodness, they they could barely get out of bed. Uh, the county of San Diego has done some really really incredible things, and I'm very very thankful to all of them for how well they've treated me during this thing. And so yeah, and, uh, hopefully by like next Wednesday, maybe a week from Wednesday, we'll, we're back in the garage, but we'll do it from the phone for now. Yeah, no, and, and again, uh, just checking the levels, people, I'm doing the best I can. According to what I'm looking at, Jeff sounds absolutely fine. He sounds great in my <laughs> ear, but I know when this thing's played back, someone's going to be a jerk about it. So, uh, 
as I said, we're, we're, we're doing the best we can, holding up the best we can. You know, I, I will say this, man. One uh, couple symptoms that, that I had, I'm just curious to know because Jeff and I haven't discussed this, is when I'd mm-hmm. wake up the first four days that I had it, it felt like somebody punched me in the ribs. Like my, my I was sore. Were you sore at all? No, I haven't had any of that. It's funny, Dave, because I've asked a lot of questions to the doctors and the nurses. Um, the one thing that I got a little bit was just feeling a little lethargic. Yeah, me too. But it's because there had been a lot going on at work, and it was weird, too, on Wednesday, waiting for the test result to come back. All of a sudden, I just had the weirdest vibe, like, man, I don't like the way this thing is trending. And then the stress of, have you impacted family members? Have you impacted coworkers? Like Thursday and Friday, it was, and it, I tell you the other thing too, Dave, is, and, and this is a big part, is the mental health of it. Because a lot of mornings, I leave my house at seven o'clock in the morning. Um, I'll go work, but we socially distance, we sanitize, we take our temperature, but you still are in contact with people. Um, you're out driving around, you're getting fresh air. I go see my kids. We come see the garage. We see Bama. We do the whole thing. And there are a lot of nights when I don't get home until 11 o'clock at night. And all of a sudden, when you go into quarantine and you keep yourself in a very small room because you don't want to leave, because if you hit the gas pump or you go to the sandwich shop, my goodness, did I just put these people in danger? So I really haven't left um, my room since I tested positive last Wednesday. From a mental standpoint, it messes with you a little bit. But um, the good thing is now... Uh, I'm kind of on the back stretch of the 10 days. I can start working again tomorrow, which is great. Um, so thankful for friends that have checked in. And I, I didn't post anything on social media. I just figured we'd, we'd talk about it here. But, um, yeah, I, I appreciate I'm isolated from my family. Uh, so I'm the only person here. So nobody is at risk where I am. But... Friends and family have dropped off groceries and my kids dropped off stuff and all kinds of nice things. So uh, we're just we're kind of getting through the 10 days. And then when those 10 days are up, we'll be very, very thankful that we got through it. You know, the the other things that I that I felt was I, I was lightheaded for a while. Like and I had one mm-hmm. of those things where you, you stick your finger on it, text your, checks your oxygen level. And I was always fine yeah. on that. But, man, I would, I would get lightheaded like I was felt like I was getting dizzy. And that only lasted for a few days. I lost um, probably about 50% of my taste. I don't think I can smell anything, but really? I know. Yeah, I lost 50% of that. Rita has no sense of taste at all. Josh had one bad day wow. where he slept like 22 or 24 hours where he was really sick. And I was like, oh, man, is what can I, what's going to happen? But he bounced back super fast after that. And, um, and, and the funny thing is, I, like, I'm, I'm a guy, if I'm lucky, I, I can sleep seven hours uh, all of a sudden, yeah. I've gotten the 10, 11, and I'm shocked how yeah. much I've been able to to sleep, which is something you know, I never get to do, but I, you've been more tired and hungry. I don't know about you, man, but I've, I've been so fucking hungry over the last couple of weeks. No, I haven't been bad that way. I'm incredibly thankful to my HR department, Dave, who has been so nice to me and kind of took a lot of the stress off from me and said, uh, my HR director was like, look, take these first five days, which would have been Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, 
and get as much rest as you can. So that's the one thing that I tried to do. I take vitamins every day. I've stayed hydrated every day. Um, from, from an appetite standpoint, um, no, not really anything major one way or the other, but, um, incredibly thankful that the things that you've talked about, the sense of smell, the sense of taste, they're all still here. And so when I come out of quarantine on Saturday, I have met all the regulations set by the county and by the state that I'm no longer a risk um, to friends, to family, or to uh, anybody else. And the other weird thing is they say you're not at risk of catching it again. But for, is it if for, you see is, me around t- Is it a certain period of time, or do they say ever again? Like I've well, heard three months, so, six months? No, they. I, I don't know. And again, when we have the opportunity to get a vaccine, I'll be there. I will still, if anybody sees me around town, I will be masked up. I will still have hand sanitizer. I will still continue to do all the things that they've asked us to do. But just from talking to nurses and doctors pretty much every day since last Wednesday, they have said from the tests that they've shown that once you have it, you are not susceptible to get it again. So it's funny, Dave, I brought up Nick Saban. I go, well, how does that happen, right? How does he test positive three times? And they said it's an interesting question that if I was to go get tested again next week, it still may come back as a positive test, but because it would have been 17 days since exposure, 10 days since the test came back positive with no symptoms at any of that point, um, I'm considered safe by county regulations. Yeah. So, but I will still be, like I said, I'll be careful uh, in everything I do. And I would recommend that for you, Josh and Rita as well, just because it feels like the goalpost slides a little bit and uh, you don't want to get reckless. And I know none of us will. No, I know uh, for, for you, I bet you're going to answer this question the same way I'm going to say it is the worst part so far of, of getting it is having to tell people to give that phone yes. call. And, uh, yeah, for you, I know it was terrible for me. It was, it was, you almost feel scary. You're embarrassed. It's scary. And it's, it's one where you're like, man, I don't want to be the cause of somebody who obviously is, is freaking out and might die from it or scare their family members. And shit, man, I had to call like 60 kids that I coach and their parents and let them know that, Hey, we ran practice two days ago and I was there with your kids. And, you know, even though I wear a mask when I coach, parents aren't going to go, Oh, it's no big deal. Coach was wearing a mask and was five feet from my kid. They're going to, they're going to freak out. It's natural to freak out. Yeah. For me, it's been, um, the isolation is a little weird, but as I've said to the nurses every day, if my choice is to have cabin fever or have a real fever, I'll take this any day. So, um, you just, it's just such a weird thing um, to do it. So I would just say again to anybody, um, please be careful. I, I potentially would not have gotten tested and I'm so thankful I did. Um, because anybody that I was close to where I didn't have a mask, uh, has been notified and they've all, they've all checked out great. Um, which makes me thankful. And so, yeah, just thank the County and the doctors and everybody that checks in on you on a regular basis. But if you if you have concerns or you're not feeling well, you know, talk to your primary physician or you have two one one available, 
And I know there are times we joke about local government, but man, that two one one line did a lot for me, and I'm I'm very very grateful. Just curious, what have you been watching during this time? All right, uh, I got through season one of Cobra Kai, <laughs> okay. which. I finally watched season one of Cobra Kai, which I thought was great. And then my kids were asking me, did I go back? And have I watched season two or season three? It's funny, Dave. I can't, I can't just go through like five seasons like that. Like I kind of got to recharge a little bit uh, before I do it. And then I went on Netflix because my kids and I had just been in LA and I was telling them about the night stalker. Yeah. And I watched the four part, um, documentary on the Night Stalker, and part one was kind of boring, but two, three, and four picked up a lot, and if you were in Southern California at that time, you remember how scary that was. I couldn't get into Palm Springs tonight. I tried that with Andy Samberg. Uh, Flight Attendant on HBO Max kind of lost me, so I've just uh, I've been watching a lot of NHL, a lot of MOB network, but uh, uh, Tommy Boy was on today, so that always helps. <laughs> Uh, but no, what do you guys, did you go back and watch anything great during well, your quarantine uh, well, it's time? Fu- it's funny as I was trying to get, uh, my family to watch night stalker. Nobody would watch it. So I'll end up watching that by myself. But, um, what do you we, think? Pretty wild. No, right? no, no. I haven't gotten to it yet, but I plan on getting into it. That's my next thing. So Josh had never seen Sopranos. So the question, oh, wow. you know, your kids always ask you, what's the greatest TV show of all time? And Josh and I always love breaking bad and. So I said, dude, Sopranos sure. is, is one of my all-time favorites. They're completely different, but I said it's one of my all-time favorites. So we're through uh, almost season three right now of watching Sopranos nice. and, and firing through it. But it's uh, he's, he's he's liking the show. He's, he's liking the show. But, yeah, that's kind of what we've been doing to past time. Thank God the NFL playoffs have been going on. And just like you, watching right. a ton of MLB Network and – um, I, lo- I tell you what, Matt Vaskersian, who obviously is a friend of ours, even if he wasn't a friend, I'd still be a Matt Vaskersian fan. He is, he's so damn good and he can't stand it when Her- him and Harold aren't in the same place. He gets so fucking frustrated that they talk over each other nonstop, <laughs> but he's in control of the Harold soundboard. You ever hear that? And he constantly displays no. questions that Harold asks to somebody else when there's another guest on. Like he'll say, so what are you putting on the barbecue tonight? And it just comes out of nowhere. And the guy is like so confused of what the fuck Harold's doing. And he goes, how much does it cost for you to cut my lawn? You know, and, and he's just playing clips of Harold. It sounds like those are crazy questions Harold's asking, but he's not doing a damn thing. And Vaskirchen's just fucking him over. It's hilarious. I, I So I had said most days I'm in the office and then either on the way to see my kids or coming down to do the show. So I don't get to see MLB Network very much. Dave, I put it on today at 4 o'clock to see what they were going to say about this Padre trade today, and nothing was live. Like, everything was shows that MLB Tonight, all these different shows, and I get it, right? I mean, we're excited in San Diego, but the trading of Joe Musgrove, even though he's coming home for Joey Lucchese, I get it. It's not Manny Machado, right? It's not Clevenger or Hugh Darvish. But I was shocked that at 7 o'clock on a Monday night, everything was recorded. They had, the, and maybe everybody just got the day off for the holiday, and I get it. You can't just bring people in immediately for breaking news, as minor or major as we all may think of it. But I don't get to see MLB Network that much during the week. But that just kind of surprised me that with moves going on, everything seemed like it had been recorded a day earlier. Okay, so let's let's get to uh, the Musgrove move. They they get a starting mm-hmm. pitcher, as he says, he's coming home. He's actually a guy that 
very familiar with. Not only watched him in high school because he's only a year older than than Josh when Josh used to play, but at the same time, Josh used to work out with him and his uncle all the time up in in Poway. So you always rooted for the kid because he was one of our own, right? We sat there yeah. and we say, okay, he's one of our own, and we remember him. If you followed his career with the Blue Jays and the Astros and the Pirates, and now he gets a a chance to come home and actually get some run support. Whereas, you know, you play for the Pirates. Who are we kidding? I mean, his record's deceiving because, what is he, one in five last year? And you're going, man, he played for the fucking Pittsburgh Pirates. What do you expect the kid to do? Yeah. The the big question, I think, for Musgrove, number one is he, he's a bulldog. So you, you love that about him. And, you know, he gets on the mound. He kind of looks a little intimidating. He's a hell of a competitor. Um, but the the big question mark is how is he after four innings? Can he give you that that fifth and sixth inning as he grows and gets stronger yeah. to become a guy that you go okay? This is the the guy. Hopefully, we traded for. Yeah, I I think so. It was funny tonight watching all the reaction on social media, and the first thing, of course, that we think every time you see a new pitcher coming in is oh god, what does this mean about Lamet? Well, Lamet got four and a half million the other day, so I don't know. Maybe you look at that and go, it seems like a lot of money on a one-year deal if you're not confident he's going to pitch. Yeah, unless you look but at me, Clevenger Dave, <laughs> or Garrett Richards. Yeah, the, that's what we do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the, and what I look at, Dave, is the fact that you went in the playoffs last year and you had to have a bullpen game. And for me, the more reliable depth you have at starting pitching because the world champions are in your division. Yeah. And – I just, I remember sitting in the garage one night going, how the hell are we here in a playoff game and you got to start Craig Stamen? Well, now you go into this year and you go, we've got Darvish, we've got Snell, we've got Musgrove, right? You've got Lamette. You're assuming Lamette's healthy. Now all of a sudden you've got a pretty interesting situation with Paddock and Gore and Morihone for that spot. I don't know that they're done. I mean, they continue to talk about Tanaka. Is that deal done or like off the boards or is Tanaka still in the picture? But I look at it and go, what this says to me is that AJ went to Grubner and went to Pete Seidler and said, if we want to win the world series, we're not going to be able to do it by pitching bullpen games in game three or game four of any series. And we can get a guy for four and a half million. That's not going to cost us one of the baseball America top hundred. And we should go get him. And the other thing, Dave, that I like for these guys is that you have two years team control on them. And all of a sudden, right. When look at two years, when Myers comes off the books, the Hosmer contract drops dramatically, right. Musgrove, a lot of different things. You've got payroll flexibility again, but you don't have to worry about this guy just being a one-year rental. I had a friend who goes, man, I don't like it because I feel like Musgrove's just the guy, and I, I feel like you should be chasing another bat. I said to him, what gives you any indication that they're done? I mean, I think the bench right now is a little weak. I don't know who your closer is. Well, they're trying to get Profar I, back. You know, you help that mm-hmm. bench out. They're trying to get Profar. It sounds like that's the next signing, that Profar is going to be Yeah. Signed. So. And there you go. That helps a little bit. I mean, I I kind of like to see a guy that if you're in that situation, right, where maybe it's a, a four to three game and you get a guy on, uh, depending on whether or not the DH is coming back. But maybe if you have somebody that that could come off and you know bloop and a blast type thing. I don't know who that guy is right now on your bench. Um, I'm fascinated by the back end of the bullpen, right? Because I feel like you've gone a lot with your starters, 
are you going to turn that thing over to Pagan? Are you going to turn that thing over to Pomeranz? Like, for me, I, I don't know what the numbers are going to be on Trevor Rosenthal, but Rosenthal would have been the guy. And the fact that Kirby Yates is going to get big money from another team, okay, good for him, right? Awesome guy. Loved it here. But um, I'm curious to know what they're going to do with the bench, and I'm curious to know what they're going to do at the back end. But, Mike, David's just another example of how different ownership is today than it's, than anything we've been used to in the past. Oh, they it's, just keep it's, adding money. Oh, it's fantastic. It, it, I mean, it really is. And, man, I hope Musgrove, obviously, coming back to San Diego, it's a big plus, too, is he knows he has some run support. He doesn't have to be perfect. And I'm sure when you're pitching in Pittsburgh, you feel like you have to throw a perfect game every game because you know there's nothing there to help you as far as offensively. So hopefully he's uh, able to get back on track and become the pitcher that he thought he was going to grow into. You mentioned as far as the years of control, they actually control the two best years of his career. I mean, by age-wise, this is his his prime. And, you know, I I laughed when – you know, Bob Nightingale writes, the Padres picked up three aces. Well, you know, everybody let's, let's hold off. There's not one person, including Musgrove, no. would go, dude, he, he's an ace for the Pirates. I mean, you know, you can take my ace from Benita Vista High School. You aren't going to want him on the goddamn Padres. He's in my ace there. You know, and, and so when you're saying ace, we all think of a number one. We think of a snow, right? Nice. We think of, no. a, of, a, of a guy. That's, that's an ace. A Darvish, by the year he had last year, is an ace. A Lamette is an sure. ace. But Musgrove is, we're thinking, he's going to come in as the four of the five, and that's what you're going to have for the next few years. And great. If he ends up being the best number four in baseball, fantastic. But you do control him the two best years of his career from what you consider his prime athletic age, which is, to me, a really positive move. But, Dave, how much different is it tonight for Musgrove where when you look at where he was in the Pirates rotation, where was he? Was he the one or the two? So every night when you're matching up and you're matching up against Scherzer or Strasburg or Verlander or Cole or uh, Kershaw or Bueller, right? And now all of a sudden you drop down into that four spot. I saw some people putting him behind Paddock. There's no goddamn way you're putting him behind Paddock unless Paddock has an incredible bounce back, which would be fine. But I would think Musgrove's your four right now in the five spots up for debate. But all of a sudden, Dave, when you're you're not having to go out and be perfect because Kershaw, Scherzer, Strasburg, et cetera, are, man, how much more fun is it for him to go out and pitch? I don't know. Just to me, it would seem like all of a sudden, Coming home, you look at that infield that you have, right? You look at the guys that you have in that lineup between Machado, Tatis, and the rest of them. Yeah, I would think uh, if I'm Joe Musgrove tonight, I'm feeling pretty excited about coming home. I imagine. He's one of those guys that when there is an off season, he's here in San Diego. He's a guy that comes home and, yeah. and loves being here. He's not... He's not, you know, Hamels, who, you know, is a San Diego guy that loves being, you know, on the East Coast. He's, he's that guy that comes here. And his, his uncle actually is his personal pitching coach. So to be close to the guy that if you feel like you have any questions, so, hey, what's going on? Hey, you know, he, I know he does lessons right in his own backyard that it's easy for him to go to Poway and say, dude, let me see what, see, see what I see in person. What's happening here? He's the guy to get you back on track. And every major league, major league player will tell you, there's always that guy they go to on the phone that gets them back on track. I just like the idea that that I had not seen anything other than the fact that the Pirates were willing to trade Musgrove that linked them here at all. And it's nothing crazier 
than when you happen to check into social media on a pretty boring quarantine Monday. And all of a sudden you're like, wait, what? And then you see it's a five player deal and you're like, what? And look, I don't know what happened with Lucchese, but they, they soured on Lucchese quick. They hate him. So he goes to, yeah, he goes to the Mets in that deal. Hudson head. You look at it and you go, okay. I mean, I just look at baseball America and it's so funny Baseball America came out and they had all their top prospects uh, in the Western Division. And who's in there? Well, Cole Wilcox is in that deal. He's gone, right? Hudson Head's in that deal. He's gone. Patino's in that uh, list. He's gone. I mean, you've cleared some things out. But I look at it and you go, I, I love it, man. Because while all these guys may be solid contributors, the Padres look at it and go, our window's now. Right and now. Hudson Head's not going to help us get there, but Joe Musgrove might. Uh, we're going to go for it, and then we're going to reload like they did the other day in the international signing period when you go out and sign another three kids to to replenish the farm system, man. It's just, this is, Dave, what I feel like we were talking about in 2015 and 2016, what we thought they wanted to get to, where they could have guys come up that would make a contribution, where they would have guys that they could trade, and that they would have enough confidence in their staff that they can reload. And it's pretty, pretty exciting because it's unlike anything we've ever been used to. It's extremely exciting. And even though I know Padre fans and and I think anyone that follows baseball is still so up in there with Lamette because we don't know if we're being lied to or not. But everyone's so uh, afraid of. Now, maybe it's just that that fear of the Padre jinx that things can't be this good. If Lamette is Lamette, it feels like you just signed Trevor Bauer. Right, I mean, if Lamette yeah. is Lamette and he goes into spring training and there's no issues, you feel like you just got what we call an ace. We we got one of the the, the best pitchers in baseball to pitch for this team, which would be gigantic. Because I don't know one Padre fan that believes Lamette's going to be healthy. They're all they're all freaked out. Yeah, it's the one thing that that I've screamed about for for twenty plus years of doing this show. It's not about how much money you spend. Can you please spend smart money? Now, I don't know what Darvish is going to be, right, for the money you're on the hook for for Darvish. Okay, that's probably debatable, but you go out and you get a, a guy that's been pretty, pretty solid for a couple of years. But I look at Blake Snell, you go, that's absolutely smart money. You look at Musgrove tonight after what we talked about, where you had to rely on your uh, your bullpen in a playoff game. That, again, to me, at four and a half, you go, that's smart money. I'll do that all day. And it hasn't handcuffed the organization for the next five, 10 years. When you look at it, you go, yeah, I still think, Dave, they're set up great to set up Tatis for a potential extension. And uh, and you look at the financial stability of ownership and how the cap is, not the salary cap, but you look at um, what the payroll looks like the next couple of years ago, holy shit. And it blows out the report that they were going to spend $25 million this offseason. Remember when we yeah. heard that? Yep. That they had twenty five million to spend. Yeah, I mean they've blown right by that number, and they still haven't, like we said, they haven't finished the bench. They haven't addressed the back end of the bullpen. But what would lead anybody to believe they're done? There's no way. It's pretty wild. A couple things. What an are, off season. Yeah, you aren't kidding. A couple things are interesting to me about this off season. One is uh, the rumors were there was not going to be a DH this year that would come back in twenty twenty two. Right now, we're hearing more and more rumors that there will be a DH in the National League. Um, which for the fans, that's outstanding. The second thing is you look at the amount of money that free agents are getting and the market is so far down from what you thought it would be. Yeah, it is. It's incredible. 
So you you kind of wonder, like, what is the players' union thinking? Why is this happening? Is it because they're going to use the argument you can't put fans in the seats? And at the same time, how many guys that, like a Trevor Bauer, who, hell, I thought was going to get yeah. somewhere between 35 and $40 million a year, looks like he's not going to get close to that money. You look at a DJ LeMayhew, who was the top hitter in the American League last year, signed for $15 million a year, and you're going, yeah. oh, my gosh, what does this mean for other guys? You said Tanaka a second ago. Springer. Yeah, Springer. Yeah. Tanaka says he wants $20 million a year. Well, you sit there and you go, hold on a second. What have you been doing the last few years? The Yankees are willing to let you walk, and at the same time, no one's getting that kind of money right now for a guy with your kind of numbers. Hold on. Otherwise, uh, the rumor was today that Tanaka could end up going back to Japan if he doesn't see the the money amount Japan. that he wants. <laughs> and and uh, and so it, it's interesting the way it plays out. So a guy like Rosenthal all of a sudden could be affordable. A guy like Yates could be affordable to a team that maybe you thought wasn't going to get him. You just don't know how, how things are going to play out. One thing I'll say real quick about DJ LeMayu because uh, it happened last week and it was a shocking move. A lot of people said DJ LeMahieu signed that contract so the Yankees could afford to go out and get starting pitching, which you don't see players yeah. do, and the players' union usually frowns on that. Get the money that you can get where you're slotted for because it helps everyone else down the line. For him to accept only $15 million a year was very surprising. But one of the numbers they put up on MLB Network about LeMahieu, in 35 home runs that he hit the last two years with the Yankees, only six of those would have gone out of parks that weren't Yankee Stadium. And they were saying wow. that this guy's numbers are better at Yankee Stadium than they were at Coors Field. That this guy is built just for Yankee Stadium. That if uh, you know the Dodgers or Cardinals or, or Giants went out and got LeMahieu, you wouldn't expect to see those same type of numbers. And that's why he didn't uh, get the offers that he thought he was going to get. Yeah, look at taking LeMahieu out of it, but looking at what the Yankees did with Corey Kluber, and you go, man, if you would have thought about teams in an offseason where one team was going to get Snell and Darvish and the other guy was going to get Kluber, you probably would have felt like those roles would have been reversed, yes, right? exactly. Like San Diego would have been the team to gamble on Kluber coming back after they've been attached to him the last couple of years. But I don't know. One thing I saw today, Dave, as a Twins fan, is there's talk that National League teams could be in on Nelson Cruz. Could you imagine if Nelson Cruz came here as your DH? That would be amazing. That'd be amazing. I'd love it. That'd be absolutely outstanding. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I mean, they say National League teams are in. They didn't say San Diego. I don't know. But again, how can you – you can't rule them out on anybody. I would think, again, boy, if you're Trevor Bauer tonight, right, and you had the fun interaction that you've had with the San Diego fans, I'm sure Bauer's looking at that going, man, San Diego's where I want to be. But I got to get my number, and I don't think San Diego's going to give him $30 million a year. No. So, right? But if you're Trevor Bauer, you're like, shit, that's exactly where I want to be. But I still think the Angels are the team to beat in the market for Trevor Bauer, and I still think Artie will overpay for him. You know what? The, the Angels, it's kind of funny when you look at different odds as far as what people say where guys are going to finish. When you look at Vegas odds and different things, you're seeing the Angels as number eight all over the place. I'm like, why? How are the Angels fucking number eight? I mean, they're, they're yeah. one of the worst teams in baseball when it comes to pitching, and they're so high. The, the two places you keep hearing Bauer is one is, is the Angels, as Jeff just said, and then the Blue Jays. And they were saying with Trevor oh, Bauer yeah. that, that it doesn't matter where he's at. Like, he's not, even though he, he's a California guy, it doesn't have to be California. A, a, as a guy that talks Toronto all the time, do you know if the Blue Jays plan on playing in Toronto in 2021? 
No, I think they're back to Buffalo. They're back. To I Buffalo, mean, I would, yeah. I would think, unless something dramatically changes. But I mean, you look at the NHL right now. That's why the NHL had to come back and has an all Canadian division because the border's not open yet. So my guess would be that they're the Buffalo Blue Jays for another year. Wow, that that that's interesting. All right, so so yeah. I, I got a. This was to me the maybe the biggest story that, and some people might disagree. But if you've been a Padre fan a long time, I mean, I'm talking 30 years being a Padre fan. The Ted Leitner story is a, an enormous story here in San Diego. And, uh, you know, when you look at teams where they weren't very good and very competitive, you talk about the radio broadcast all the time. We've had a chance to work with Ted. We had Ted on the show right here in the garage. The Ted Leitner move after 41 years, what was your, your thought when they announced it? Incredibly disappointing the way it was handled. Incredibly disappointed. The, the fact that a guy... And again, I don't know. This is just me talking. Um, 40 years, the impact that he's had in this market, what he has meant in this market as a member of that team. And I heard the last night, I heard the last night playoffs because I, I went out and listened to it on the radio. I didn't want to watch that playoff game on TV. I wanted to hear Ted and Jesse. Um, and I heard and I just kind of listened to the end. And they were great, like they always are. And uh, and the idea that every guy that has done what Ted has done has had the opportunity to to go out and be celebrated. Look, I don't know if any fans are going to be in the stands this year, but but and I get Ted's not going to travel, and maybe Ted. I mean, the, the clip they keep playing of Jerry makes me laugh every time. Hey, here's the best announcer you've never heard, Ted Leitner. <laughs> Ted's like, what? Uh, but, but you know, Jerry. But the fact that, uh, I, I, I mean, to me, how does he not get the chance to say goodbye? I mean, I, I guess he's still there. He's an ambassador. He was open in the podcast, in the garage, about some eye issues that he's had. And, and the other thing is, too, Dave, my personal thing with it is, if if I was involved with that, Ted would have been given a year. Ted would have been given this year so we could celebrate and say, even if he was doing 50 games, right? Even if he was just doing the home games, whatever. He was given an opportunity to be celebrated and a chance to say goodbye to him. And I also think that would have been a nice transition for Agler, who I am a huge fan of on and too. off the air. I am too. And for Junior, who we love. It's it's a it's a fantastic thing. But this is a guy that that for me on a personal note, Dave, when I got here in eighty one, he was the he was the guy. When I got to KFMB in ninety five, he was still the guy. And they had a dude that was screening calls on Ted's uh, afternoon talk show and Ted liked to bust balls and this guy couldn't take it. So I was producing Hank and Kevin's show and they said, can you go in because you and Ted have a great friendship. Can you go in and screen calls? I said, yeah, but the problem is from that time, three to five is when I'm booking my show. They're like, no problem. You'll be fine. Ted fucking bitched and complained every day. Uh, what show are you working on? I'm like, my fucking show, Ted. I'm not a phone screener, you asshole. And, uh, but me, John Dean, and Ted fucking laughed every day. And then 
when you and I had the chance to do mornings and you just get to be his friend and you realize just genuinely what a good guy he is. And I just texted him the other day and said, I just hope you understand the impact that you've made on me. And I'm just so thankful. And I said, God damn, Ted, between these videos of the stadium coming down and hearing this, uh, it's been a tough couple of days for longtime sports fans. And, and we had a nice text exchange. He's great. He's cool as shit. And, uh, He's good, but from a selfish standpoint, Dave, I wish they would have given him the opportunity to say goodbye. But as you and I are sitting here and we're COVID positive, <laughs> I don't know that we'll ever have anybody in. So maybe Ted and, and the management team just decided that now is as good as time as any to just put a wrap on it and let Ted move on to the next things. Because when you heard him talk about his grandkids, and he told us that same story about the grandkids, you get it. But um, But in a selfish way, um, and I say it with all respect for friends, Jesse Agler and Tony, uh, two guys I'm, I'm huge fans of. Uh, selfishly, it just feels really, really weird that Ted won't be part of it. All right. So for my my side of it is, first of all, as I couldn't agree more as far as, you know, we're, we're huge fans of Jesse and Tony Gwynn Jr. I mean, it's so exciting for both those guys. I mean, really talented right. guys that are going to really help the broadcast. So out. good. Nothing against, so good. Nothing against those guys, what I'm going to say. What I'm going to say is 41 years is a long time. And, you know, the whole Uncle Teddy thing. The first thing I thought was I was, I was joking around in a text to you that the Padres made Ted say uncle. And 41 years. Uh, it is inappropriate. Padres, look, 41 years to a guy that uh, has been the voice and the part of Padre baseball like Jerry and Bob Chandler and those guys when the team stunk and got us through crappy seasons isn't a round number. Yeah. 41 is a weird number to say goodbye. Anyone who knows Ted and, and Canapa put it in the paper knows that it's his favorite thing to do. And you're going to walk away yep. from your favorite thing to do. A lot of things don't seem to make sense. And that's just me thinking. It's just my opinion. Ted loves Padre baseball. This was the year as we just spent 25 minutes talking about possibly the best, deepest team this team has ever had going into spring training and they have a chance yeah. to actually win a World Series, and this guy doesn't get a chance to call those games. It's very disappointing to me. And uh, just as a guy that likes Ted and roots for Ted and roots for the Padres and wants to see everything come together at the same time because you put your dues in with so many shitty teams that you'd like to see Ted enjoy the wave, and he doesn't get a chance. And so I, I feel like Ted was cheated. That's how I feel as, as a fan of, of both, and meaning the Padres and Ted. And I just feel bad for my friend that and your friend that I feel like this would have been outstanding in one more year. Now, when Ted did his interviews on you know Zoom with everybody and said, I'm looking forward to spending more time with my family and not traveling, first thing in my mind was bullshit. I, you know, nothing against yeah. his family. My point is broadcasters aren't traveling anymore. So what are you talking about? No. You're broadcasting from here. And, and it just sounded like, you know what, I'm I'm going to be the guy that the Padres want me to be. I wish they would have given him a chance to say goodbye. And he, to me, he deserved the the wave to everybody in the stands to as he did his, broad, his final broadcast throughout either this year and the following year, whatever it is, to back to normal. And then not saying that he got the Vince Scully treatment, but there's so many relationships as we've seen in the dining room over and over again of people from other cities that get a chance to pay their respects and Ted deserved that too. And he didn't get any of that. Now the thing is, and I'll say this in fairness to the organization, um, we weren't there. So I don't know. No, I didn't I don't get know. into it with I don't Ted know. I don't as know. far as what all went into it. And 
we don't have any idea of what the organization does or doesn't have planned to celebrate Ted. I mean, I, I would say, Dave, eight million no one Eric Grupp, no one Eric Gruppner like we do. And they're just going to paint glasses on those Trevor Hoffman bobbleheads that they used to have. Yeah, they're just going to change Ted's head on it. They're just going to put Ted on it and, and you know, do Ted Buster t-shirts or anything else. But, uh, I mean, there'll, there'll be different things that happen. Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately Ted will have that opportunity to be celebrated in front of the crowd um, down there at Petco Park, and that would be great. The other thing that I have done, just because I'm in quarantine, is if you go onto YouTube and you just put in Ted Leitner, God, they have a handful of old clips from News 8 when he, God damn, Dave, he's so funny. He's so funny talking about when Chris Brown got traded for that fucking skip Walt Terrell. And you just see when Ted was the guy, right? And and like I said, I texted with him the other day and he's cool. He's in good spirits and, and everything's there. But, um, yeah, in a in a selfish way, I think it would have been it would have been really really great for him, but but at the same point with Ted stepping aside, uh, incredibly excited for Agler. I, I said to Agler, I texted him like three times, and I go, the crazy shit that he brings to that broadcast that for me as the fan and a listener that is so good, like really really puts the time in, does the research. And I texted Junior the other day, too, because I, anybody who knows Junior, but you and I have had a relationship for a long, long time. And he just is as good a person as anybody. And I'm sure Ted, while disappointed um, that that it's all over, uh, would agree that at least they didn't replace him with a couple of hillbillies, right? Yeah. Like, the booth is solid. Yeah. And, and uh, it's not like when we got replaced on KFMB by that bitch Laura Ingram, and <laughs> KFMB was never the same again. Uh, having Agler and having having uh, Junior take over will be a good boot. It's just going to be really, really weird that that's not a part of it. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. As uh, we started the show talking about COVID, the, the guys that were the best to us when uh, you and I got sick were our advertisers. And we, we say this all the time. Yeah. That first thing they did was, guys, don't do shows for as long as you don't need to do them. At the same time, you know, we're with you, so don't be crazy. Take care of yourself. And so we can't thank these guys enough. And we'll, we'll, we'll go into these guys, but as we said, these guys are people you want to do business with. They're friends. They care about you, not just us, but, of course, you as consumers as well. Dan Williams, fantastic guy. Again, Dan's the guy that wants to help you get out of debt. Dan's the guy that wants to help you get out of the rental market, buy a home. It's amazing how many people you meet in san diego who have never owned a home so if you're in san diego you love san diego you love this weather we have in january which is outstanding and you say this is the place i'm going to be forever dan wants to help you get into the home let's get out of the rental market let's get out of debt call dan williams 858-688-6813 again 858-688-6813 yeah david it's incredibly important and i was i have conversations with my kids all the time about credit and establishing credit and following what Dan talks about in borrow smart, repay smart, because I'm going to do everything I can in my power to make sure my kids who are only 13, that by the time they get to be 18, 19 and in their early twenties and have that chance to establish credit, they don't make the mistakes that I made 
where it took me 15 to 20 years to dig out. I want them to be aware of things. And now what I said to them is for the first time in as long as I can remember in maybe as early as two weeks, I'm going to be debt free. I'm going to have no credit card debt at all. I'm going to have no car payment at all. And now all of a sudden with the credit score that I'm incredibly proud of, I can start looking at the housing market. And what I was explaining to my son earlier today is when you have a source of income, when you have a credit score, and when you have established credit, man, it's crazy how quickly the banks want to work with you. And if you are missing uh, a couple of those things, nobody can get you faster than Dan. His plan worked for me. It'll work for you as well. 858-688-6813. Brian Curry is that guy to call when you're looking for that house. Look, if you're looking for a home in a certain neighborhood, a certain school district, Brian Curry knows San Diego County better than anyone else. He's the guy that's been doing this more than 20 years. He's a close friend of ours. And I'm telling you, once you deal with Brian Curry, you're going to say he's my real estate agent too. He's the guy to help you out. Find that perfect home, sell that home, get it out of the way. Brian's number is 619-251-1588. 619-251-1588. Yeah, the one thing I'm going to need, Dave, is where's the room where I can quarantine for 10 days? Because <laughs> in my last place, I didn't have it. Holy shit, as we learn all these different things. Yeah, right? That's the one thing that we mentioned. When you have the housing or when you have your credit established, where do you want to live? Where can you afford to live? And I just have been sitting here for the last five days, so I've had nothing to do. And you start kind of looking at different potential places that are available in different parts of town. But then you always look at the one thing that I look at, which is, hey, just curious, what's the HOA fees? And when the HOA fees are almost as much as what your mortgage would be, that's a little bit of a concern. So the only reason why I look at that is because it's something that Brian and I talk about so often. It's knowing the questions to ask. And I wouldn't even think of that if Brian hadn't put it in my head. And while looking at HOA fees are one thing, there's probably 25 or 30 other questions that Brian's going to ask that will be asked to protect me to make sure the next investment I make is the right one for me and not just the right one for Brian and his commission. I can't think of anybody better, uh, no matter where you want to live. If you want to live in Chula Vista, all the way up to Cardiff or anywhere in between, call Brian, tell him Dave and Jeff sent you. Absolutely. Taylor May Pools, guess what? It's January and the weather's almost 90 degrees. What are you waiting for? We tell you year-round you're going to want that pool. Taylor May Pools. That's where you need to go. Alan Taylor standing by, ready to build your perfect pool. He told me when we needed some time off, he goes, this really makes my Canadian blood boil. But you go ahead and take those days off. <laughs> Fucking whacked up. Then he went and sent me a, a toy for my dog that makes the worst noise you've ever heard that uh, drives everybody in the family crazy. So uh, I appreciate you. And again, Alan Taylor's the guy who wants to help build your perfect pool. Make your backyard a staycation year-round. 619 449 Well, I'm lucky enough to stay. There's a pool uh, directly outside my window. However, I can't go out into it. So I sit there and I look at it all day. And boy, there's no better time to be quarantined than the weather we've had since Wednesday. And look at social media out enjoying the San Diego sunshine. Bullshit, I am sitting in goddamn here all day trying to watch episode (laughs) three of the Night Stalker. But I tell you what. When the day, when that tenth day is complete, Dave, uh, yeah, I think you might spend about a half hour in the pool. And if you have been screwing around, Dave mentioned it. It's January, but it feels like June. 
and it's only going to get more uh, warmer as the calendar pages continue to turn. Have you made that call to TaylorMade Pools? If you haven't, do it now, especially since Dave and I are back to work. Boy, that Canadian blood was boiling. <laughs> Hopefully he's calmed down. And, uh, boy, I can't think of a better way to get ready for 2021 and uh, then having that beautiful TaylorMade pool in your backyard. Check out DaveAndJeffShow.com so you can see for yourself on the sponsor page but so many others have been smart enough to do. Why not make sure you're the next one to do it? Absolutely. And Kyle Fluger's your guy for that website. You're building a brand new website. You're looking to fix your business and get some money for 2021. Kyle Fluger can walk you through the process, fix what you have, or basically start brand new. 619-500-6621. 619-500-6621. It's, it's everybody continues to be shopping online, right? Yes. And I had a... My, my kids and their mom bought a gift for a friend and the tracking still doesn't show as delivered, even though it was delivered Thursday of last week. And so you check the website and it says, Hey, in transit should be arriving shortly. Is your website delivering at the level that people expect? And if it's not, then give Kyle a call because man, oh man, I'm telling you, Dave, I used this website once. I won't use it again because there are too many options of people doing it the right way to settle for somebody doing it the wrong way. If yours is on the wrong side of the fence, give Kyle a call. Tell him Dave and Jeff sent you. Absolutely. All right, here we go. How old are they and how much are they worth? We're going January 18th. Got some heavy hitters here. We're going with okay. Dr. Dre. Holy shit. Dr. Dre. Almost died two weeks I'm ago. A, terrible, right? Yep. I'm going to say he's... 56. Exactly right. 56, and I'm going to say he's worth $400 million. $800 million. God damn. Because <laughs> he's got beats, right? Yes, because he has those beats. $800 million. Uh, Amazing. I put some of that money in his pocket. <laughs> I'm glad to hear he's doing well. John he's Travolta. Awesome, man. He is. John Travolta. John Travolta. I'm going to say John Travolta is uh 66 67 you're close that son of a bitch john travolta how much of that grease money does he have left <laughs> i'm gonna say he's worth it's uh a, it's a lot it's all well, he's made some shitty movies yeah. i'm gonna say 100 million the guy owns an airplane 100 yeah. million 250 million dollars what the hell did he do for all that crazy money? Good for him. Seems like a likable guy. Everyone likes him. Oprah, boy, Oprah likes him. Boy, between losing his son and his wife, yeah. man, he's been through some stuff. Yeah, yeah I like sure that has. dude. He seems cool. All right, Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon's one of those guys you're surprised he's not in more stuff. Yeah, Matt Dillon's great. I'm going to say he is uh, 55. 57. 57. I'm going to say 18 million. $40 million. Shocking. No shit. Yeah, $40 million. What the hell made him that much money? Dude, I Something no, about Mary? The, the Flamingo Kid. I have no idea. Fucking good. Flamingo Kid is an underrated <laughs> movie. Oh, my goodness. All right, I That's got, a great movie. Don't pee in the pool, Jeffrey. <laughs> I got three more big ones for you. Molly Ringwald. Molly Ringwald. Uh, I'm going to say she's, say she's 51. 53. 53. Uh, she 
haven't done a lot. I'm going to say $10 million. Really close. I should round it. It's $11 million. That's really good. All right. All right. Two more for you. This one, everyone hates this woman. Uh, Yoko Ono. A hell of a singer. <laughs> God, there's nothing like uh, when John Lennon is singing So This Is Christmas and then she comes in. My <laughs> God, like a cold slap in the face. Uh, Yoko is 80. 88. No way. Yeah, wow. 88 years old. Uh, $500 million. $700 million. How's that God damn. <laughs> right? 88. Wow. Yep. 88. All right, last one, because we were talking about this show a couple weeks ago. It's Vanna White. Oh, my God. What a little slice of heaven she is. <laughs> I was just, I was you, sitting here the other night. You've never watching, said we're uh, going to do the Vanna White pool. Celebrity, never once. celebrity Wheel of Fortune. Her and Terry Hatcher. Yeah, Terry my Hatcher. My goodness. I'm, Don't you think Terry I'm Hatcher's a little crazy? A, huh? Terry Hatcher has to be a little crazy. Because she looks great, but she can't hold on to anybody. Yeah, that's fine. Right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> I'm gonna say uh I'm gonna say Vanna's sixty four. Exactly right. My God. And she makes money. I'm gonna say she's seventy million. That's exactly right, also. Sixty four and seventy million. Really good. Come on, retire my number. That's it. That was that was God damn it, I do that and I'm COVID positive, by the way. <laughs> Is anybody gonna give me any credit for that? All right, here we go. We're quite, I think this this is what I've been okay. looking I've been looking forward to this all night. All right, and and okay. it's a little bit different. This right here is a random list of actors, if you who you think would win in a fight, okay? And it's you fighting, oh, like but it's you fighting all of them. You got to decide if they could oh, okay. take you or you could take them. All right. Okay. We'll start off with your favorite, Tom Cruise. He's a he's a wiry little thing. <laughs> I think Tom Cruise wins that. Okay, Tom Hanks. Wait, how do you think you do against Tom Cruise? Dude, I think I have a, such a good reach on Tom Cruise. Like almost a foot reach. <laughs> I think I can, might have a chance against Tom Cruise. I think if I it's, think, a, if it's a longer he, fight, he's going to get me. He's in better shape than I am win-wise, I'm sure. Way better. Yeah, I yeah. think he beats the shit out Dude, of you. Tom Hanks, not. it's nothing. I, I Not only do I drop Tom <laughs> Hanks, I leave with Rita Wilson. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here, this one made me laugh when I wrote it down. Kevin Spacey. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I beat the shit out of Kevin yes, Spacey because I'm a dad and I don't like the way uh, he's <laughs> behaved. I hate to do that. But yeah, he's too busy doing Johnny Carson impressions and Bobby Darren impressions that were relevant 30 years ago. That's um, Currently, I'm two and one right now. I'm feeling good about myself. All right. Robert De Niro today. I think he's 74. Yeah, I still think that's. I still think I got a shot there. Yeah. I think I'm three and one. How do you think you do against Spacey? Uh, oh, I'm killing Spacey and, and and De Niro today. Yes, De Niro in Cape Fear. No way. <laughs> oh God, no. God, no. Yeah, he was. He, he was. He was shit out of both of us. With uh, that laugh, we just run. <laughs> the next, the next three. I need to crack me up a little bit too. Macaulay Culkin. Yeah, come on. Yeah, even with COVID, I like my chance there. <laughs> I, do I think I like that's your, okay. I like your chance on the, the next two as well. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Right. <laughs> He's so goddamn great. I, I like that kid. Uh, you know, I'm such a fan of his. I may just take a dive. <laughs> All right. He's so fucking funny, that guy. I love that guy. All right, last one. Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, that's a, yeah, another guy. I take a dive. He's so, 
He's so good. He was part of my favorite, my kid's favorite Christmas present. And he did this thing in L.A. a couple of years ago called Mystique. I'm taking a dive for those guys. Dude, I may even take a dive for Calkin, too, because he's such a stud. If that was Costa in the ring, it was one of those like, celebrity matches, he would just hug him. Yeah. He wouldn't even like, he wouldn't even take a dive. He would just, as soon as they're ready to go, he just put both arms around and hug him. Yeah. <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris, that guy... This thing, it was like this scavenger hunt that we did all around uh, Hollywood. And it was so goddamn fun and so well thought out. It was great. Yeah, I'm taking a dive. Oh, I don't care. That's awesome. I'm, uh, I'm completely on the take. That's, that's it. That's funny. All right. We're all, yeah. we're, we're all good, man. We knocked it out. And according to the levels, uh, man, Jeff was outstanding. So all you guys fuck off if you give me shit tomorrow. I don't all right. Well, I'm in quarant- I'm in quarantine all week. So yeah. if we have to do a bonus show this week, if anything else happens, otherwise we can come back Wednesday. But I literally have nothing to do on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday night. Uh, Friday night, I have to figure yeah. out my exit plan. But maybe we do a bonus show somewhere along the way. No problem. Just because I don't want Al Taylor mad at us. <laughs> Any, anything. We'll work it out. There well, you go, man. Imp- hey, Dave, yeah. most importantly, circling back to what it is, um, I know you and I feel exactly the same way that if we had to get it, we're incredibly thankful that no it's only at the level we do. But for anybody else, please don't mess around with it. Uh, call your primary physician, right? Because talking to this friend of ours tonight who probably had to check himself into the hospital and he's not sure how he got it, man, it is incredibly scary. So just stay safe out there, do your thing. Appreciate you putting up with us while I'm in quarantine. And then as quick as we can all be back in the garage, we'll be back down there. Absolutely. All right, everybody, have a good night. So